Great. Good morning. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4, if you would turn there with me today. Mark chapter 4. Uh, didn't get this in announcements, but just want to make sure people are aware there's no walk-in Bible study tonight. We'll pick it back up next week, okay? So those of you who like to attend that, there is none this evening. I know it says there is on the back of the bulletin. This is your correction, all right? No Bible study tonight. Um, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, and, and today we're going to be looking at uh, a miracle that Jesus performed on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, it was a scene of a raging storm, some frightened followers, and a sleeping Savior. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of storms that come our way in our life, and uh, it's not, we, aren't, we aren't free of those once we become a follower of Christ, right? Sometimes they even intensify when we're followers of Christ. The, the persecution may rise, or um, the alienation may, may rise, increase in our lives with, with family or friends. Um, it's, it's not easy being a follower of Christ. So there are storms in our life, and we all face those. And sometimes there are storms that we face not just because we follow Christ, but because we're living life, and life happens. And we uh, are still in this world, although we're not of it. We are in this world, and the world is a pretty messed up place. Amen? So storms are going to rage. Um, I, I bought a fishing boat oh, several years ago, and it was a new-to-me boat. It was one of those, the most used fishing boats you could ever buy, right? One of those that you're, are you sure this is going to float? Well, it's in my price range, so I'm going to buy it. And uh, I took it home, and uh, I was excited to get out and do some bass fishing, and uh, I really do enjoy fishing. And, and you know how fishermen are, uh, I mean, I'm this way anyway, you're out there and you're, you're casting and you're fishing, and, and it's time to go. It's, you know it's time to get going and get off the lake, but it's uh, you know, what, just one more cast, right? One more cast. You see a rock on the side of the bank, you see a, a little bit of structure in the water, you're like, I need to throw my, my line right there and see what happens. It's just one more time. And uh, sometimes that's, that's not wise because when it gets later in the evening, the wind starts to pick up. And uh, Tom Hunt is, is a bass fisherman in our, in our uh, congregation. He actually has fished tournaments before, and, and he kind of got me excited about bass fishing and, and gave me some pointers. Well, I, I went out to Lake Shastina one day, and uh, Lake Shastina can be pretty windy. And he had told me the rule. I don't even remember it now because I haven't been back, right? But he told me the rule, like, you got to check the weather, make sure that the wind's not coming from... I think maybe the north, I don't, I don't really know, but, but check the weather. Make sure there's not a wind going to be coming out of a certain area, because if it is, you're going to have some pretty good white caps on the lake, and it's, it's not just not fun, it's dangerous. Well, I had a new boat, right? And I, I had a fishing pole and a fishing license, and I wanted to catch me a bass. So I go out to Lake Shastina and uh, get on the lake, and there's a little bit of a breeze there. I'm like, ah, oh, no big deal. It's, just, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. I'm going to go out and just for a little while and fish. And, of course, I got in that place where I was... Fishing one more cast, right? One more cast, one more cast. And I was, I was quite a ways from the, from the dock. I was on the other side of the lake. And the wind all of a sudden just picked up. And it, it was one of those things you couldn't stand anymore and fish in your boat. It, was, it would throw you side to side. And I, I remember thinking, this was stupid. This was not smart of me to stay out here. Because I'm alone. Right? There's no one here to help me because I don't have a clue what I'm doing. And, and I need to get all the way back across the lake now to safety. It was a very, very rough ride. It was one of those rides where I didn't know, do I go fast and get on plane and get up on top of the waves, or do I go slow and let the waves just throw me about and kind of make my way over there as my boat rocks back and forth. Either way, water was coming aboard. My bilge was turned on the whole time to make sure that water was being thrown off the boat because I wasn't sure I was going to make it back. And I finally, I finally made it to shore. I vowed never to go back to that lake. 
<laughs> and never to go especially alone, right? I'll go, I'll ride on Tom's boat next time we go. And uh, it just is one of those things. I was, it, it scared me because I, I saw the power of the waves and the might of, of the waves. It was not, it was not a, fun, a fun thing, right? But, uh, but God, was, God was watching out for me that day. So today we're going we're gonna to look at this, this storm that, that rose on the Sea of Galilee um, and what happened, there were the, the disciples were there and, and what happened to the boat, what happened, uh, what was Jesus doing and we're going to see, I, I believe we're going to see a, a neat illustration of God's power, but we're also going to be able to apply something to our lives and say what, what can we apply to our lives as we face and battle storms and uncertainty, all right? So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get started. God, you are a great God, and, and we love you so much. And we thank you that, that you loved us first by sending your son Jesus. God, he was the replacement, the propitiation, the payment for our sin. And God, has been paid in full that we would not only be forgiven, but we would be pardoned. Standing before you, not with a righteousness of our own, because our righteousness is as, as, as filthy rags but standing before you with the righteousness of Christ. We thank you for the grace and the mercy you've given to us. We pray today as we study your word that our hearts and minds would be open and receptive to what it says, that God, you would impart wisdom and direction on our lives, that we would be convict, convinced of truth, convicted of sin, and become more obedient followers of Jesus. And it's in his great name that we pray. Amen. All right, we're in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. Uh, you'll have your notes there. Uh, there are the points. And uh, point number one is this. When storms arrive, we understand this. Jesus understands the storms. Jesus understands the storms, all right? Mark 4, beginning at 35. On that day, when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was already in the boat. And other boats were with him. A fierce windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Let's start. Let's stop there. So we, we, we have this, this picture. Jesus had been teaching. It says, on that day when evening had come, Jesus had been teaching all day long. And there are often times where Jesus actually was, was in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and, and he was stand, standing in the boat, and the acoustics, by the way, on a lake are amazing. They, you can hear people talking about conversations that are private about 100 yards away on a boat on a lake. Acoustics are pretty amazing on a lake or on a body of water. So you have, you have the, the shoreline and kind of the, the mountain edge that goes up, and the people all gathered on the mountain. And Jesus is standing in a boat or sitting in a boat, and he's teaching them. And in the meantime, back and forth, he may be healing in a crowd. He may be, uh, and just previous to this, he was talking to some, some people who thought they were devoted followers of Christ. And he kind of called them out on this is what it really takes. And they kind of left unhappy about that. They, they didn't really count the cost. So Jesus had been, I would say, weary and tired from a long day of teaching, of healing, of being with people. Do people ever wear you out? Right? It's a good, sometimes that's a good thing, right? We, we, we love to be with people. And, it, you know, after a, a holiday event and the family comes over, you're just like, wow. I'm tired, right? I'm tired being with people and hearing their stories and conversing and talking. It's a great time. Or Bible study, right? Maybe Bible study. You're together and you're kind of going back and forth with the scriptures and, and iron sharpening iron. It's kind of an amazing time. And you kind of, you're kind of tired after that. Imagine doing that all day long and Jesus was in, involved in people's lives all day long. See, there, there's a, a really unique 
visual here of Christ's humanity. And I want us to, to capture that and understand that because if all we do is elevate Jesus to this lofty position, which, by the way, he is God and should be elevated to, right? But if all we're doing is elevating him up and seeing him as, as God, we're not understanding that he, Jesus, was God with us. That he humbled himself and became a man. And he, therefore, he understands what we're going through. See, Jesus understands the storm. He had a long day. And he was weary and tired. And he's on this boat and he falls asleep. He falls asleep on this wooden deck of the boat and lays his head on a cushion. And all of a sudden, suddenly it says a a violent storm came up. And waves were crashing on this boat. What's Jesus doing? Sleeping. Have you ever been so tired? So tired. I mean, you know, as a as a young parent now, as with or a parent with young kids, not young, right? As a parent with young kids. Man, there's some times where you have some sleepless nights, right? You have times where you're just exhausted. I remember there are times where, where my, my wife had to hit me multiple times to wake me up. Go check on your daughter. Go, go get your daughter. Right? And I'm, I wake up. What is going on? It's just that day had been so long and weary. See, Jesus gets that. And he was sleeping in this boat. And the waves were crashing. And he was probably soaking wet because the boat was being swamped. And Jesus had fallen asleep because he was tired. There's a humanity here, and we should elevate Jesus because he is God, but he is God with us, and this Jesus, the God-man, was worn out. And because of that, we can understand that he understands. Because of Christ's humanity, we understand God, Jesus, in the form of Jesus, understands our storms. And we can find both empathy and refuge with him about our storms. We can find empathy and refuge about, uh, with him over our fears and our struggles. He understands our pain. I wonder often what it was like for Jesus, God in the flesh, to walk up the side of a hill and be winded and hurt in the lungs because, whew, wow, I exerted some effort. I wondered sometimes what it was like for Jesus to hit his thumb with a hammer as he tried to pound a nail or a peg. Ow, that hurts. See, Jesus understands pain. He was bruised and he was cut, right? He was crucified. And we obviously see that imagery of Jesus bleeding, right? Bruised, tormented, tortured. That didn't feel good. He understands what pain is like. He understands sorrow. There are many times where he wept, right? He wept over his friend who had passed away. He wept. He wept over Jerusalem when he saw the state and condition that it was in, that they were far from God. He wept and he had sorrow. He understands our grief. When he looks around, he sees the sin in the world. He understands and he grieves over the sin. And he, and he looks at you and I and the people around him and he sees, sees the needs that they have and he feels compassion and compassionate grief for them as well. He knows our hurts. Jesus has been slandered and was slandered by the Pharisees often and had to put up with their lip all the time. Their plans and their, their manipulation. Jesus was present during that. He knows what it's like to be rejected. Scripture says he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows. That's who Jesus was. Not only was he rejected by those around him, Jews and Romans alike, he was rejected by his own family. His own family thought he was crazy. So let's, come here Jesus, we need to take you down to Dr. So-and-so. Jesus knows what it's like to be 
rejected. And he knows what it's like to be mocked. And obviously he was mocked by the people. Jesus understands our storms. And Jesus understands what it is to be tempted. Remember he went out for 40 days in the desert to be tempted by Satan. He was fasting and Satan tempted him there. I want to show you this this scripture in Hebrews on the screen. It says, For we do not have a high priest, that is Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our what? Our weaknesses. How many of you are weak? Can I get an amen there? Yeah, we are weak. But one who has been tested in every way as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tested. Jesus was tried. He understands our storms. Amen? And there's comfort in that. Number two, when the storms arrive, fear increases as faith decreases. I want you to understand there's a, there's a correlation here. Our fear increases as faith decreases. Or I could say, as our faith decreases, our fear will increase. There's a correlation between that. Let's go on in our scripture. Uh, look back to 38b, the last part of that. Right, he was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? So he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, Why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? It's amazing how we sometimes question if God cares for us when storms arrive. Of course God cares for us. He didn't say we'd be without storms. Is it okay to question God? Sure it is. Is it okay to have doubts? Sure it is. But we need to be honest with God. We can't doubt God's goodness because a trial shows up. When we read scripture, we see that trials produce faith and endurance and character and hope. And so you can see Romans for that. These disciples were worried, right? They were worried. Now, I, I wasn't an expert fisherman. I'm still not an expert fisherman or an ex- expert boat driver pilot guy, whatever the word is for that, right? I, I just would rather have an expert at the wheel. Many of these disciples, though, were expert fishermen. Many of them had been on the sea during times like this. And I, I think that there's, there's no doubt they knew the drill. They knew what to do. They were, and they did everything they could to stop, stop the boat from capsizing or from sinking. Um, it wasn't the first time the sea had tossed them around, right? They'd been tossed before. And they did everything they could to, to save themselves, but they couldn't do it. And, and then they felt, as Jesus is sitting there sleeping, he's laying there sleeping, how insensitive can this guy be to our plight? How insensitive, Jesus, that you're sleeping and we're going to die. So they woke him up. Jesus, wake up. Don't you care what's going on, they said. And of course he cares. But part of having an increasing faith is understanding that the storm doesn't surprise Jesus. The storm didn't surprise Jesus. And our storms in life don't surprise Jesus. It's not like he was shocked by the circumstances. Amen? And he's not shocked by the circumstances in our lives. I think there are times we make bad decisions. There are times he grieves because we do that, just like any good father would, 
over his children who are making unwise decisions, but he's not shocked at the outcome. One of the things I try, I try to say to people when they come to my office and, and want to talk or want to visit or want to counsel and share, I say, listen, I want you to tell me everything you need to tell me. And it's not going to shock me at what you say. And, and they won't believe me sometimes, so I'll say, okay, if you tell me you murdered somebody, I might be shocked, right? But otherwise, anything up to that, just I'm not going to be shocked. You're a person, I'm a person, I know that we make mistakes. Jesus isn't shocked by our sin. Jesus isn't shocked by the storms that shock us. He's not shocked by your storm, and he's not too busy to care. These fishermen had nowhere else to turn. And that is exactly where God wants us to be, at a place where there is nowhere else to turn. Because, folks, there is nowhere else to turn. Jesus is the only answer. And think about when we first met Jesus. We were helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. We were lost, wandering, despairing, wherever that place was in our life. It was definitely not a place we had all the answers and had it all together and could do it without Jesus. A lot of, we've spent a lot of time there in our lives, right? Some of us have spent more time than others in that place. But the time when we understood and really met Jesus was that time of greatest despair in our lives, that no matter how good our lives were or how bad our lives were, we realized we needed a Savior and that we were helpless for salvation, that we must remain dependent on him, that there was nowhere else to turn. How glad are you that you turned to Jesus? How glad are you that he was right there ready for you to be dependent on him when you were helpless? That's, that's the amazing thing about Jesus. He's right there. And not only at salvation were we helpless, he wants us to remain there and say, listen, every moment of your life you're helpless without me. I don't want you just to run to me when the storms and the winds start picking up and you're going to capsize. I want you to wake up in the morning and everything is crystal clear. The lake is totally glass. The wind is nil. It's a beautiful day. And I want you to say, God, how am I going to face today without you? How am I going to do this alone? He's going to say, you're not. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be with you. And listen, if, if fear increases as faith decreases, the opposite of that should be true as well, right? Fear should decrease as our faith, what? Increases. Doesn't that make sense to you? Yes, Jesus asked that question. He said, he said uh, in verse 40, why are you fearful? And he answered the question with the next part. The next question, do you still have no faith? He understood that they were fearful because they were faithless. Their trust had waned, and they had tried everything they could, and they said, oh, we got to wake Jesus up and let him know. Maybe he can do something. And, and these fishermen who had seen him heal and seen him teach and, and seen the wisdom of Jesus and just like, oh, there's something about this guy, thought this storm was too much. Couldn't imagine Jesus rebuking a storm. But Jesus does. I want us to turn, turn over to Hebrews. Just keep your finger here. Turn, turn over to Hebrews chapter 4 real quick. We said fear should, fear should decrease as faith increases. I want to, I want to look at this reference as well in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to start... Uh, in verse, and we read part of this earlier. We're going to start in verse 14. 
Hebrews 4, 14. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to the confession or to the faith that we possess, right? So we, we have this great high priest. We have Jesus, who not only is God in, in the flesh as a man, the God-man, but he, is, he was God in, in all eternity and had passed through the heavens. Let's hold on to this faith we possess. For, verse 15, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tested in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness or confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need or in the proper time. See, what the writer of Hebrews is telling us is that God is ready to bestow mercy and grace upon us. And he's able to give us this as we increase our faith in him. He gives us this boldness, this confidence that we have. In the middle of storms, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Do you think God's throne is easily shaken? No. I think it's this huge concrete brick thing that could never, ever move. He is immovable. Nothing surprises God. And and God is... God is so ready to care. God is so ready to love. God is so ready to give us the grace and mercy that you and I need to have the confidence to face the storms. But we need to understand as fear increases, faith decreases. But as faith increases, fear will decrease. Finally, number three. When storms arrive, Jesus has authority and power over everything. Jesus has authority and power over everything. Look at, look at verse 41, the final, final verse in, back in Mark, chapter 4. They were terrified and asked one another. So what, what had just happened? Jesus had just calmed the storm and, said, and called them out on their fear. And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. They were confused. They didn't know. They're they're acting as if they didn't know who Jesus was. Who is this? At one moment, listen, at one moment, they were fearful of their life. They thought the the boat was going to capsize and they were going to drown. At one moment, they were fearful of their life. And in an instant, Jesus says, silence, be still. And now, in the next moment, they are terrified. The water is perfectly calm. The boat has stopped shaking and shifting. The birds are starting to chirp again. And they are more scared now than they were. Why? Because Jesus really is the eternal God and Father. He really is Yahweh God. He really is the self-existent one the all-powerful one, the all-knowing one. He really is God. And they are standing in that fear of God, respect, and amazement over being in the presence of God. Being in the presence of God Almighty. And they're probably reminded of this, of this passage in Psalms. Chapter... There it is. <clears throat> Chapter 89, verses 8 and 9. Lord God of hosts... Who is strong like you, or who is strong like you, Lord? This is what they asked, right? Who is like him? Who is strong like you? Your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule the raging sea 
When its waves surge, you still them. They had been brought up on this verse. They had probably sung this verse in church or at their home with their family. When they asked, who is this? Even the winds and sea obey him. They knew exactly who it was. And see, they had seen it with their own eyes. It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to see it, right? I want to show you a verse in Job. I'll get that right there. Job 42, 5 and 6. I heard rumors about you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I take back my words and repent in dust and ashes. See, Job understood who God was. He saw the might and power of God. He saw the generosity and graciousness of God. He saw the grandeur of God. And he said, oh, wow, you are God. Now, I heard, I heard rumors about this guy, but now I have seen. And because I've seen, I take back my doubt. I take back my words, my little faith. and I let my faith increase and I repent so I can follow and serve him. You and I have seen the Lord work also. Not only do we have the witnesses who have gone before us and people in our lives who have gone before us, we have what Jesus has done in our lives. And that is undeniable. And it's so interesting, like, just like the Israelites, right? Just like God's people, as he continued to rescue them and rescue them and rescue them and rescue them, they continued every time in the story to doubt, to doubt, to doubt, to forget, to forget, to forget. The current storm in our life is so, so simple for Jesus. Because you know why? He's taken us through everyone before He's helped us in every one before this. All our job now is to trust, increase our faith and trust that he is able to calm the storm. Uh, we're going to flip over to one more verse. You can leave Mark now and take your finger out of it. Psalms 107. Psalm 107, if you want to flip there with, with me. This is another one of those passages that they knew, that they probably were thinking as they're on the water and seeing this. Experiencing God's power leads us to humility, and, and humility will lead us to God's mercy. We're going we're to find his love, his discipline, and his power to increase our faith. I want, I want you to look at this last passage we're going to read, 107, and it's uh, starting in verse 23. Others went to sea in ships, conducting trade on the vast waters. They saw the Lord's work, his, his wonderful works in the deep. He spoke and raised a tempest that stirred up the waves of the sea, rising up to the sky, sinking down to the depths, their courage melting away in anguish. They reeled and staggered like drunken men, and all their skills, all their skill was useless. Sound familiar to our story? Sound familiar maybe in your life? Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a murmur, and the waves of the sea were hushed. They rejoiced when the waves grew quiet. And then he guided them to the harbor they longed for. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wonderful works for all humanity. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. The power of God as seen in calming these storms. The power of God as seen in overcoming my sin and overcoming your sin. The power of God should lead us to an increasing faith. 
And that increasing faith is resting securely in the power and on the throne of God. And he gives us a confidence that continues to build a faith and decrease our fear. And finally, at the end, we we give all praise and all glory to him. Not because we were skilled and and, and that we calmed the storm, not that we were skilled and we got ourselves out of a jam, but because God is God Almighty, that God is a God who cares and God is a God who will calm the storms of our life. The same Christ who stilled and calmed the sea is the Christ who keeps every atom, every molecule, every star in its orbit. He keeps the universe in balance plant life and wildlife in balance. One day he's going to come and restore what's been defiled. Amen? That he will be here to to restore it all and make it all new. And today he's the God who gives eternal life. Today he's the God who says, I want to rescue you from your sin. And today he's the God who not, not only has given eternal life maybe to you and I, he's the God who can meet us in the storm of our life, calm us and strengthen our faith to a place where our fear is decreasing. And the storms that we go through will be a testimony about the power of God. Amen? All right. Let's stand and have prayer together. God, it's hard to say sometimes, but we want to stop and and thank you for the storms in our life. We thank you because in them and through them we see an immovable Jesus, an immovable God Almighty, a King of kings and Lord of lords who is not shaken or surprised by the storms that we're going through, a God who is ready to pour out mercy and grace and strengthen us, and we're so grateful for that. God, increase our faith and our trust in you. May we be diligent to study the word and remember those who have gone before us. God, will you bring to mind those instances in our own lives where you We're continuously, consistently faithful to bring us through the storm. God, whatever we're facing, whatever storm is in our life right now, I ask that you would drive us to our knees before your throne to receive your power and your grace that we need to increase our faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, just respond to God. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe you're going through a storm in your life. I'd love to pray with you or maybe grab someone next to you to pray. Maybe you need to rejoice and say, God, thank you. All praise is yours because I just came out of a storm and I know that you were the one who calmed the sea. Whatever it is, tell Jesus. Do business with Jesus right now. Respond to him as we sing. Let's sing.